Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Boutique Podcast. I'm Emily Benson, your host and best friend on this journey through boutique land. I am pretty pumped for today's episode. First of all, because I'm so proud to introduce you to Joan. And also because I think so many of us are in this habit of trying to fix what we're not good at. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you about why it doesn't matter what you're not good at. It's actually better to double down on what you are good at. So in this episode, we're going to talk about... Strengths Finder. The Strengths Finder is from a company called Gallup, and it's an assessment. It's an assessment about you, and it's very like geared towards who you are. It's something that you can take, whether or not you have someone like Joan guiding you through it or not. It's really a book that you buy, and then you take the test, and you get your results. And the results that you get end up giving you this really wonderful perspective on what you are good at, your strengths. Um, And when I took this test, it really confirmed that I am who I am, and I'm good at what I'm good at, and I need to get better at what I'm good at. You know, I find that so many boutique owners come to me and they're like, I'm not good at social media, or I'm not good at, you know, picking out clothes, or I'm not good at X, Y, and Z. And my contrast to you, my, you know, thought back to you is listen to this episode, because we're going to talk in this episode about how actually you don't need to be good at what you're not good at. That's not going to get you to the next level of where you want to be in your business or in your life. Actually doubling down on what you're best at is going to get you where you want to be faster. And that's something that I've been doing, my team has been doing. So let me tell you a little bit about Joan. Joan Hobbs holds a master's degree in management and a bachelor's in organizational development from Lesley University. She's also a graduate of Georgetown University's leadership coaching certification program and is a member of the International Coaching Federation and the Association for Talent Development and Human Resources Leadership Forum. Oh my God, so many words, you guys. But here's the deal. Joan has worked with over a thousand leaders, especially leaders that are in an organization making the biggest changes in the organization. So she's worked for huge companies like MetaMune, Fidelity Investments, Bose Corporation, Office Depot, American Institutes for Research. I mean, she's worked for these huge companies in leadership role within human resources. And what that's allowed her to do is to really help develop people in the organization. And I think when we're an entrepreneur, we don't think about how are we doing personal development? How are we actually looking at what we're good at and making it better, looking at what we're not good at and making hiring that out? <laughs> that is one of the things that Joan is so good at. She's now an executive coach and leadership team effectiveness consultant. And honestly, she has a track record of outstanding partnerships with executives, business leaders, teams, and her biggest contributions are in strategic, operational, and financial arenas so she can get big results there. So here's the thing is the reason I love Joan being on the podcast today is because she has worked within these huge companies. She's come across and helped so many other leaders. And we're going to talk about how you can become a better leader in your small business, in your small boutique, or maybe you have a big boutique and you need to become a better leader. We're going to talk about that in today's podcast and how to specifically use the StrengthsFinder assessment to be able to create an impact in your own life 
in your business. And if you have a team doing that as well. Some other things you should know about Joan is that she has recently moved back to Massachusetts where she considers that her heart home. So if you're in Massachusetts, send some love to Joan. Uh, She's actually moved back there to take care of my niece because Joan's my aunt. (laughs) Joan has been an influential person in my life since I was born. And she has always given me a new perspective on being a leader in my own life, being an innovator in my businesses. And not only has she served as a role model for her clients in reinventing herself every couple of years, but she's also served as a role model for me in that way. Because if you've known me for a long time or a short time, is I'm always either reinventing myself or reimagining what my role in my life is. And so introducing you to Joan is also introducing you to my family. And it's kind of huge for me. Joan has really uh, supported me unconditionally for so long. She's watched me go through so much in my entrepreneurial journey. And really now, as I start to grow, you know, Booty Training Academy into you know, a a much bigger company than I could have ever imagined. I'm utilizing her in terms of how can I build my team? How can I grow into my CEO leadership role and become someone who's directing traffic and not driving the car? (laughs) That makes sense. So I'm excited to introduce you to her to talk more about StrengthsFinder. If you've never heard of it, that's okay. If you've done this, that's okay. You know, we're going to talk about a lot and we're just going to really get into it on this episode. So welcome, Joan, to the podcast. And I'm excited to uh, dive in with her and and you guys. Hi, Joan. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to talk to you today about all things Strength Finder. Hi, Emily. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So as I always do, I'll start off by just having you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. Sure, happy to do so. First, I think it's helpful for your listeners to know that I'm your aunt, godmother, good friend, cheerleader, and champion. I've been with you on your entrepreneurial journey since your first business way back at Syracuse University. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it feels like yesterday, but it wasn't yesterday. And um, you've supported me. I feel blessed for your support as I started the entrepreneurial route two years ago. Um, In terms of my professional background, I've enjoyed a very long career in leadership and team development inside of organizations. And coaching has always been the favorite part of my role, every role that I've had. I just love helping people learn and grow. It fills my heart with joy that I can do this work and be paid for it. That's crazy. A few years ago, I returned to school to Georgetown University to earn a certification at their school for uh, transformational studies and began this new career as an entrepreneur focusing on coaching and team effectiveness while I was working full time. And then a year ago, I left corporate America to build my business, Hobbs Leadership Coaching and Consulting, And for the last year, have been blessed beyond measure to serve others, helping them improve their lives. And as I said, make money doing it. I love that. And I think you should also maybe tell people that you worked in HR departments for massively huge companies for many, many years. Yeah, so blessed to have worked with some of the biggest brands in corporate America, including... Bose Corporation, the American Institutes for Research, AstraZeneca, Fidelity Investment, among others. Yeah, I I didn't just work in corporate America. I worked for some huge, big brand names who invested in me as an employee and as a leader and helped me grow my love of investing in other people. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that was such a natural shift for you from HR coaching in that role, really coaching the people around you and kind of on your team and cross-functionally. And then it was an easy switch to kind of go and 
to your own business coaching? I mean, maybe not easy, but I see it as a natural transition. <laughs> yeah, it is. A, it's been a natural transition from a content perspective, although I'll be building content for the rest of my life. The challenge for me or the opportunity, which you've been really helpful with, is learning how to be an entrepreneur. So I've worked in these large corporate environments where I had enormous resources, and now I'm figuring out how to do it on my own. So tell me what has been the biggest shift for you going from employee to entrepreneur? Oh, so some huge shifts. The first is just having the flexibility, you know, working, I was in very senior positions. So as you know, I worked very long hours. So now having better work-life balance and being able to choose when I work, being able to choose who I work with, be able to choose what I work on. I've had so many companies call and say, would you do X, Y, Z? And I say, no, thank you, but I can help you find someone to do that. So I think the biggest shift has been While coaching and leadership development, employee development has always been a part of my job, now it's my full-time job. And it's given me a work-life balance that I have never had in my career. And is it like weird and uncomfortable to have work-life balance? Like I found when I first started, I was like, what's with all this free time? Like, what do I do? Like, do you feel like you're struggling (laughs) to like manage the schedule and the calendar and like make it work? Because I felt like that was really difficult for me. Yeah. So not so much for me. I'm so disciplined. I'm ridiculously disciplined. So not so much. I went about, so when I first started my business, I was in Washington, DC, and there was lots to do there when I left corporate America and then made the transition, moved to Florida. That's been a huge transition moving from a city to the suburbs. But I think The transition itself hasn't been challenging because I have been very disciplined. I schedule all of the things that are important to me first and they go on my calendar. So yoga goes on my calendar. The beach goes on my calendar. The movies, meditation, gratitude, the things that are really important to me go on my calendar first and then I build in the other things. It 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 hasn't felt really challenging to me. Okay. But what has been like the crappiest part? Cause I feel like entrepreneurs, employees who want to be entrepreneurs need to hear like, just tell me like one crappy thing about it. Cause obviously there's so much good, but like, have there been days where you felt nervous or anxious or like, oh, are you kidding? Of okay. Course. <laughs> You're of making course. it sound very glamorous. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's not different. The reason I didn't emphasize it, Emily, is it's not different than what I felt in corporate America. So I've been working with a C-suite team. This is the first time I've worked with a C-suite an entire team in my life. I'm so scared. I love them all, but I'm so scared every time I go to meet with them. I have to, for the 20 minute ride, I'm doing the I, Joan Hobbs, am calm, competent, and confident the entire way. Negotiating pricing, I've never had to do that in my life, so that's been challenging. Finding the right talent to work with me, I've been blessed with executive support, administrative assistance for most of my career. So feel so happy to have found Melissa. Thank you for the referral to work with me because I couldn't have been able to do all of this on my own. And I think, I think if I really dug deep here, what I would say has been a huge challenge for me, which will not be surprising to you, Emily, is I take on more than I should. So I don't yet know because I used to have, so at my last job, I had a team of 20 people who helped me do this work. Right. Now I have me and Melissa to do this work. So sometimes I take on too much and then I am working extra to meet those commitments that I've made. Yeah. Well, and I think much like me, you also have really high standards. So the quality of work has to be the same as what you'd expect someone to bring to you and therefore you go above and beyond. It's, it's that balance piece of it that, like you said, you're always sort of trying and figuring out as you go. Yeah. So it's that balance and the balance that I love doing this so much that sometimes it's hard to stop, step away from it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense too to me. Cause I'm like, I have a thousand ideas at once and I could do them all today. And it's been a hard 
wonderful lesson for me to learn that I need to like, there's some things that we can do tomorrow. There's some things we can do next month. There's some things we can do next year. And we have like sort of all the time in the world and what's meant for us will come to us. Exactly. Yeah. That's been huge for me. So, okay, cool. I love this. So let's talk about strengths finder because this is like something I had no idea about. I mean, Greg and my friend Christine started to get into Myers-Briggs conversations and they're both big in that. And then you got brought into that conversation and that's a whole other assessment that I'm sure we could talk for days about, but strengths was sort of secondary to that, that you brought to the table first with Greg, actually, he was the first one to take it. And then I kind of noticed that he was loving it and is still loving it. And so I took the test. And so let's talk about like, just really basic. Like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Like what strengths finder. (laughs) Okay. So I'll, I'll be very basic. I'll start with the basics. And that is that it is a Gallup product published by the Gallup company, which is an analytics and advisory company. Your listeners may recognize Gallup for its public opinion polls. They measure public attitudes about political, social, and economic issues. Other listeners may recognize it for its annual poll on the most admired man or woman in America, which I look forward to seeing that every year, or they may recognize the Gallup name for its management and educational consulting business. They've published about 30 books on business and personal well-being. So that's the basics about the company that produces or has brought this to market. And this is an assessment called Strength Finders 2.0. Okay. It's Amazon's number one best-selling nonfiction book of all time. What? Yes, yes. It's used. What? Isn't that crazy? It's used. Yeah, it is. It's used by ninety percent of the Fortune five hundred companies, and I do understand that most of your viewers, or many of them anyway, would be entrepreneurs. So while they their audience has been, or their buyers have been Fortune five hundred companies as well as educational institutes. Well, one other fact I can give you is one out of every three college freshmen now are given the Strength Finders assessment as they start their freshman year in college. That is so cool. I wish I had taken it a long oh, time ago when I went to college. So I, cool. Like, no, yeah. I would have felt more comfortable with myself and how I naturally am. So, okay. So the test, it's an assessment. It's not a test. It's an assessment. Okay. So the basics about the assessment, it is 177 paired statements. So you look at two statements and you choose the one that best describes you. Um, It takes about 30 minutes. It measures your natural, your talents, which are your natural patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving. Once you complete that assessment, you receive a customized report of your top five talents, as well as suggestions to build those talents into strengths. Okay. So I'm just going to tell everyone, it took me like 15 minutes to take the test because okay. it's so guttural and so intuitive. And actually that's the piece that I liked so much about it. So for someone who doesn't love tests or test it, like I'm not like a good test taker. Greg would like take, he like is joking that he wants to take the bar exam every year, you know? And I'm like, ew, that sounds horrible to me. Like that's fun for him. This is a different level where it's like the questions are very much instinctive where you read the statements and you're just like, oh, that one feels like me. That Oh, that one feels like me. Or if both of them feel like you, you can just mark it in the middle. And yeah, you choose neutral. Yep. Yeah. And so I really like that part about it is at first I was sort of like, oh, I don't like tests, you know, immediately. But it was sort of like a fun test because it's an assessment. It's just, it's assessing how you're like really reacting, I think, to the questions. Yeah. And once you get through it and 15 minutes is great. They, as a certified coach, they ask us to to say that it could take 30 minutes. Um, you only You only have 20 seconds per paired statement because they want you to use your gut. They don't want you to be deep thinking about it. And the fun part is that 
yes, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, that's totally me or, oh, that's me. That describes me. And then once you get your results, that's the part I love seeing eyes sparkle and big smiles and people saying, this is totally me or this is spot on. Or once in a while, I'll get, gee, I'm surprised this isn't in my top five. Right. Um, I should say that you can take an assessment that will give you your results for all 34 talent themes that they identify. I always advise my clients to start with the top five. And right. here's, here's why. Wait, wait, wait. Let's back up though. So when you get the results, those results are your 34 talents. Or the results of the assessment that I advise people to coach people to get is your top five. Right. But I want to tell people what the heck is that? Like, what are the results? What are like... Oh yeah. Okay. Let's get real. I'll I'll share my my results. Well, no, not even that, but like, what are the results? What do they mean? Like what are talents? What are strengths? Oh, perfect. Sorry. I want to go into that because that's the part where when you say results, it's like, well, but what is, what are the results? Like perfectly. <laughs> so as I said, this is an assessment that measures your talent okay. and a talent is a natural recurring pattern of thought, feeling behavior. So think about your God given talents or some people, depending on your disposition, you might say it's genetics, maybe Lady Gaga, I was born this way. So what are your natural talents? Got it. And from that, you can then focus attention on building your natural talents into strengths. And a strength, the definition of a strength is the ability to provide consistently near perfect performance. Which is crazy because I relate this to the path of least resistance. I talk about that a lot. Like what's, how can you work smarter, not harder? What's the path that's going to feel really fun and easy for you rather than the path that feels hard and uphill for you? So in the really, really boil it down, it's like these talents, if you use them, life will get easier theoretically. Life will get easier and life will get better. They, they have data to prove it. The data is compelling. That's so interesting. So the data is compelling around actually, wait, so there was a number that was really good. Will you tell me what, when they found people use their top five strengths, something improved? Yeah. So are you talking about from a business perspective or a personal perspective? Either one. Okay. So from a personal perspective, the data shows that people who use their talents are more likely to report that they're more confident, they feel happier, they have more energy, they achieve their goals easier, and they're treated with respect. They also report that they have less worry, stress, anger, and sadness. So that's from a personal perspective. And when I think about the work that you do with your clients. I I was reading on your website about Rich Retailer Retreat, and I think about rich spirit. And you say, let's work on how you feel, that your success of your business is directly related to how you feel about yourself. If you are using your the talents that you were born with, the talents that naturally come to you, you are going to feel better about yourself and be more confident and be more productive. And that to me is a no brainer. And that's why I brought you on because I think that there's a massive disconnect in discovering what these natural talents and strengths are and feeling aligned with them so that you can move faster in business. So like, I see this as almost like a business and personal life hack where once you know what your talents and strengths are, then you can actually start to leverage them to move faster and easier through your life and your business. Yeah, so we covered, that's such a good point, Emily. We covered the personal side, the business side, when I think about rich business. So, you know, we we talked about rich spirit 
On the side of rich business, the data is even more compelling. And yes, these are Fortune 500 companies for the most part, but they are. Gallup is beginning to turn its attention to entrepreneurs. So stay tuned. A year from now, Emily and I will have a lot more information to share with you. But on the business side, it's just as compelling. So companies that use strengths in their strength finder in the business have higher productivity, higher customer engagement, sales 10 to 19% higher, and profit 14 to 30% higher. That's insane. Insane. Why insane. wouldn't you use your God-given talents to have a better life and have more fun doing it and have life be easier for you? Totally. I mean, who, does, who doesn't love talking about their talents? Well, that's the other piece of it too, because when we took the test and I had my team do this, you did a whole team analysis and you, obviously we share Melissa who both works on both of our teams and then Andrea who works with me and actually Greg wants you to do one, do a, a meeting for the two of us to work better together. Cause I think in relationships, it's huge as well. But when we really sat down and talked about it with everyone, everyone was like excited to talk about it and to share their results and to share what they're good at and share where they need help. And that to me is just the ultimate in not only team building, but just like sharing yourself with the people who are there to support you and support each other, you know? Yeah, so you brought up a good point about you and Greg, and I would love to do that for you. Yet there are so many applications. So yeah. as you know, and now your your listeners will know, I went back to school. I went back to the classroom this year because I'm so jazzed about strengths that I decided to go for a certification in StrengthsFinder. And one of the things that really propelled me to do that is I mentioned earlier the C-suite team that I'm working with. When I met with them most recently to talk about their progress, each of them talk about their talents and what, what they're doing to build them into strengths. One of the people said, Joan, my wife, for, with whom I, I've known her for 40 years, we've been married for 35 years, she says, I'm the best version of a husband since I started doing strengths. And at that point, he was doing it for about eight months. And he asked me, I think I told you this story last time I saw you, would you do this work with my wife and my two daughters who are both in college? So I'm looking forward to doing that with him. And if you go on the Gallup website, you'll see it's not just about Strength Finders 2.0. They do have a book for strength-based marriages. They have a book for strengths in churches. They have books for strengths for middle school kids, for strength-based parenting. So many applications. It's so cool. So I just cool. really find that I always talk about how the proof is in the data. Like no matter what, no matter how you feel, no matter how, you know, things are going in emotionally with you or, you know, spiritually with you, there's also this whole other side of data that helps support your life. And to me, this is just a, such a cool way to have data come from you emotionally, spiritually, you know, mentally, and then use that data to improve your life. And so I kind of want to share my results now. Can we, can I tell my listeners like what my top five? I would love are? to hear. I would love for you to share that. I was going. I was going to turn the table on you and ask you what are you learning about yourself and how's it going with your team. Yeah. Well, so let me share first what my top five were. And I actually ended up getting all 34 just because I was curious. Granted, I haven't done anything with the other 34 because there's 34 in total. But like you said, focusing on the top five is more helpful at first because you have sort of a focus. So my top five are achiever, activator, communication, competition, and relator. And what I learned most about myself is that I have very strong talent in what they call the influencing theme. So for me, my best, the best use of my time and energy is really around doing things that are taking thoughts out of my head and organizing them into ways to teach people and to help people live better. So between really the relator and the activator. So activator 
It means that basically I can make things happen by turning my thoughts into action. And so that's huge for me. And I feel like part of that also relates into communication, which is my number three. And that means that I'm good at putting my thoughts into words and I'm a good presenter. So those two, especially I think relate so much to what I love to do. I love to teach. I love to help other people. And I think with having achiever and competition, those are both very like, they relate back to being basically a very driven, productive, wanting to win kind of person, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think anyone that knows me knows that that is a hundred percent the truth, but sort of taking those two big ideas, putting them together, it's really helped me realize that I spend a lot of time doing things that I shouldn't in terms of like kind of busy work. And that's where I think it's transitioned into working with my team better because I have some people on my team who actually are really good and I call it busy work, but it's the important work. It's the communicating with customers. It's the sending emails. It's the scheduling appointments. It's like sort of like what makes my life run that I'm not really that good at it, (laughs) my natural strengths and talents. And so by, you know, having you do this with my team, it's been really fun to see where I can sort of pass some things off to other people and also where I need to be taking leadership more. And, and the work that you're, I'm going to put quotes around passing off to other people is work that's in line with their natural talents that they love to do. And they're highly productive at it. Yes. Yes, exactly. So I think that's been the biggest thing for me is realizing that if I can make sure that myself, Andrea and Melissa are all doing things where we're working at our highest productivity and having fun and not feeling like drained from the work, that's where we're all going to help each other work together to build the business that I really envision for myself and for them to be a part of. Yeah, I feel so honored to be on this journey with you over the next year, watching your team utilize their talents, build their talents into strengths and seeing what it does for your business. Totally. And I feel like even for me, there are certain things that when you did our team meeting and we got to interact with each other and share with each other and say, you know, where we maybe needed more support or things we wanted to change or things like that, you led us through this whole process, which was so cool having you facilitate it because it also allowed me to sort of step back and, and let someone else kind of into the business to help us operate and function in a different way. And I think for me, it's been really big to notice there are places where I could even improve as a leader. Like one of the things I noticed was I don't really give my team that much praise. Like I do, but I don't think I do it enough. And I I probably don't do it in big enough ways because I am, because of my top five strengths, I am like, we do this and then we're on to the next. We do this, we're on to the next. Like I like I'm just like Are you my, are you my niece? Yeah. I mean, I'm literally like so focused on what's next and growing and like going, growing and going. That is kind of my theme. And so, you know, for me, it was really big to see that the two of them actually like need a positive feedback. They want that. That's like part of what is driving them as well is is getting that sort of positive reinforcement from me, which should be natural, obviously, but, but it doesn't come naturally to me. Like, I'm like, great job. Let's go, you know, like <laughs> great job, next one, you know? And so that was really huge for me is seeing where I could be more supportive in a way that was going to give them sort of what they needed from me. And it will continue to do that as you all focus on your talents. That was a great session in which you each shared your top talents and the energy when people are talking about their top, their talents, their, their natural abilities, the energy is, you, you can feel it, you yeah. know, on a conference call, you can feel it. And just having the opportunity to say, this is my greatest contribution to the team. This is what I need from the team. Those are things that we don't step back from the day-to-day business and take the time to do. Totally. I totally agree. And I think a lot of people try to do this in their teams, but there isn't the guidance that I think that 
strengths finder gives you in terms of like the structure and the accountability. Like I think a lot of us want to be better as a team and better as individual leaders or team members, but we don't really have the structure and the guidance to do it. And that's why I like this so much because I love structure and guidance. And that's, I think the biggest thing for me was being able to just follow this and trust that we were getting what we needed from it. Yeah, one of the things that I love about it, well, you know, I love so much about it, but one of the things in terms of listeners who aren't familiar with Strength Finders is the uh, simplicity. Mm-hmm. You know, while it's based on Gallup has been working, consulting in organizations for over 70 years and been studying talents for over 40 years. And based upon that research, they took 400 common talents and put them into these 34 talent themes. And then after further study, put those talent themes into these four categories. And you mentioned one of them influencing, but when you think about running a business, you need strategic planning to run a business. You need to, as your business grows, build your team. You need to influence people outside of your business. And then you need to get the work done, which is executing. So when you think about when you take your top five and put them into the categories of strategic thinking, relationship building, influencing and executing, you can see where you lead from. And I use the word lead and leader in the widest possible way. If you are a mom or a dad and you have a family, you're a leader. If, if you're in a community group, you're a leader. If you're a, a single, if, you, if you're an entrepreneur who works by yourself, you're leading your business, you're working with vendors, you're working with others. You're a, we're all leaders in our own right. So knowing what we lead from and where we need help from the areas that are lesser talents is a godsend. It, it's so valuable in our businesses. Absolutely. And I think really... One of the big things to come out of it for me was realizing that there were areas that I um, naturally have talent in, but I still could develop more. Like one of the things you asked us after our team meeting to do was to pick a talent to develop over the next, what is it, 90 days? 60 days. 60 days. Okay. And mine I picked was communication. And even though communication is my third top strength, top talent, I still think I could be better at it because for so long I have worked by myself and I don't think that I communicate with my team as much as I could. And so that's something that I find, even though we're, I'm good at it, you know, I am a good communicator. There's places where I could be a better communicator and be more effective in that way. And, and that I think will strengthen everything else as well. Yeah, when you strengthen one talent, your others strengthen as well. So it's, you know, we think of them as distinctive, you listed your five. But when you when you combine talents, and I sent you a whole list of the talents that you should be combining for yourself. And then when you combine them on your team, I think the saying is one plus one equals 10. I mean, it's, it's multifold, the benefit you receive from combining some of these talents. Totally. Well, and I think a lot of times there are things that I was seeing very negatively about myself. Like we talked a lot about, you know, my number one is achiever. And let me just read what achiever is. So people exceptionally talented in the achiever theme work hard and possess a great deal of stamina. They take immense satisfaction in being busy and productive. And I am going to go ahead and say that a lot of my listeners probably have Achiever in their top five because the two people that work on my team have Achiever in their top five as well. (laughs) As do I. Yep. And I think that even Greg has Achiever in his top five. So it's interesting because I was seeing sort of achiever as negative and as like, I work too much and it's great. I have stamina, but it's kind of also killing me. And, you know, there were a lot of things that I was sort of seeing in this way that it didn't feel like a talent or a strength. It actually felt like it was something that was, you know, it helps in a lot of ways, obviously that I can move quickly and have stamina, but it was also sort of 
like, oh, I'm exhausted, you know? But you helped me really reframe that in some of the work that we did together in our one-on-one session and, and see it in a better light and see it as like, you know what, Emily, it's actually really good that you have this strength because you are able to build a business. You are able to, you know, now multiple businesses, but you are able to achieve at a very high level because it's one of your top five. So I feel like you've also given me new ways to look at myself through doing StrengthsFinder that I'm able to look at myself in a more positive way, which is kind of a new, a new way of looking at myself. Yeah. You bring up a good point. Um, when we think about why there, there are so many reasons why people might want to do strength finders, you know, beyond discovering what they naturally do best and improving their self-awareness. One of the great things around strength finders is finding a new way to explain to yourself who you are and a new way to explain to others who you are. So one of the exercises that later this year or early next year, I'll have you do with the team is to take each of your talents think about your roles and put into words how that talent contributes to that role, you know, to live your best life. So as an example, I'll choose one of my top five that isn't in your top five, even though it's in your top 10 and that's strategic. So as I think about what's my, what is one of my value propositions for my clients? And I think about, well, strategic is my number one. So as a coach, I'm a person who helps my clients identify alternatives, pathways, routes, directions. I help them evaluate possibilities and possible uh, potential obstacles and then choose a path moving forward. So your listeners may be thinking about their marketing or how they state their value proposition, a way to do that is through each of your top talents is what value do you bring to the world? What value do you bring to your family? What value do you bring to your friends through your talents? And honestly, it's been so nice to understand what people around me need from me and what they don't want from me at the same time. And I feel like even on our team, I'm trying to be better at giving my team what they need to, to work at a better level. And that's been so invaluable because I, how else would I figure that out? Like literally how else? You wouldn't. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just wouldn't. I mean, it, you, you might at some point who walks around saying, Hey, Emily, it would be really helpful if you would let me know I did a great job once in a while you know, or right. more often than you do. Well, and even- it just doesn't happen unless, so no. here's the thing about teams, Emily. Teams form, you know, so there are stages of team development. So they form and then they storm and then to get to performing and then beyond performing to really having an an outstanding business, you need to do some work. It doesn't happen naturally. Teams have been studied for well over a century and we know that high performing teams don't just happen on their own. People have to do work to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes into a lot of like hiring and employees and figuring out what you need from an employee perspective too, because I think knowing myself and yeah, right. Strategics in my top 10, but it's not my top five. I'm so lucky. I have someone on my team who has strategy in their top five. And I work with a coach who I'm pretty sure is strategic in her top five as well. So I get support in a lot of ways on things that maybe aren't in my top five. Even honestly, having Melissa being so strong in the execution theme, you know, she's the one that really does a lot of my organization and my event planning and sort of the nitty gritty stuff that like, frankly, I'm I don't want to do. It's really draining. And she loves it. And just like knowing that I can pass that stuff off to her and feel good because she's going to enjoy doing it. It just takes a light, it like takes the weight off my shoulders. Well, it's why she's so good at her job and why she enjoys it so much. I mean, she loves her work. She loves it. I know. She's like always texting me being like, thank you for having me on your team. I love being a part of your team. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I need you. Please don't ever leave me. (laughs) My schedule will like fall apart. Like I don't even, I wouldn't be able to run events without her. Like, you know, and that's the thing is I think even looking at where 
you know, the three of us as we grow, okay, where else could I bring on support in areas that maybe I need more support, you know, because there are certain functions and certain talents that kind of aren't covered in the three of us. And that was cool to me too, because it showed where our strengths were and it showed sort of where our gaps were that, you know, yes, we can improve certain things, but maybe we need to bring on someone who does X, Y, and Z and kind of fills out the team for us, you know? So you brought up a good point um, that I'd like to make to your listeners is that Strength Finders is a development tool and not a hiring assessment. So we can, there, there's a book um, that's a second book out after Strength Finders that is about leadership team strengths. And there are four examples of world-renowned leaders who have most of their strengths in just one of the uh, talent domains. So most of their strengths in influencing or most of their strengths in strategic thinking. Luckily, your team does have talents across strategic thinking, relationship building, influencing and executing minor gaps that you can cover. Because here's the thing that if you have talent in one of those domains, even if the other talents aren't in your top five or even your top 10, they're likely to be there. Interesting. Yeah, they're likely to be there. So it's not surprising that you have a lot of influencing in your top five and in your top 10. It's not surprising at all, given what you've chosen to do for a business for every year. Absolutely. Well, and it's interesting because even talking about this with Greg loves, like I said, he loves assessments. He loves this stuff. I know he does. Like, it's so cute. And one of the things he said recently well, one is he said, you know, Emily, I feel like you're selling yourself short. You definitely have strategic in your top 10. Like I can Mm -hmm. see like knows, you know? And so I finally got the report because you get all, you get your top five with the book that you buy and then you have to pay additional money to get the top 34. And I was like, screw it. I think it was, I think it literally was like $34 to get the other, you know, (laughs) the rest of the list. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to do it. And one of the things he noted too was recently we've been talking about stuff that he's working on and he said to me, he goes, you know, I've been studying more about strengths and I really need someone who's good at focus to kind of bounce things off. And my number six is focus. So how cool is that, that like he's able to sort of ask me questions and bounce ideas off me and I'm able to focus him in, you know, because he is, he's a maximizer. So he's going to look for the biggest effect and the biggest, (laughs) the biggest thing. And I'm like, whoa, come back, come focus in, you know? And you bring up a good point about him knowing you so well that he's like, don't worry about you not having strategic in your top five. When you expressed your concern to me, when you only had your top five, I'm like, Emily, don't worry about it. I know you have strategic in your top third. I know you both said that. It was so funny. I was like, oh my gosh, because I was so like sad about it. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while people are so from my top five developer is not in my top five. It's in my top 10, but it's not in my top five. And it was such a puzzle to me. I thought, I spend almost every minute of my life developing other people. How can it not be in my top five? It doesn't mean that I don't do it. It just means that I focus on other things. I, I happen to love my top five. And I even love my bottom five because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's totally me. I don't want to do that. So funny, right? I know. Yeah. I realized, too, and like you said, so the 34 strengths fit into four different themes. And I really liked knowing that (laughs) it's so funny. As we know, like my friend Noelle always says to me, she's like, she calls me like her influencer friend. And I always thought it was so silly because I was like, oh my God, like I don't have that many followers on Instagram. Like, what are you talking about? But intuitively, I mean, I've known Noelle more than half my life at this point. And intuitively, she knew that I'm an influencer, which so funny when I got my top 34, I think it was seven of my top 13 or 14 or eight of my top 15 or something, more than half of my top 15 were all in the influencing. So like almost all my influencer like talents were in my top 15. And I was like, oh, I guess I am sort of an influencer. Maybe I need to lean into that more. (laughs) 
Yeah. So really cool. it's, it's natural for you when you lean into it, you're going to be more productive. You're going to have a better business. You know, the thing is we are many countries and the United States leads the way we are a weakness based country. So you work in corporate America and you get your annual performance appraisal and you're told these are the three things you're not good at focus on, on getting good at those. You don't, build a rich life, a rich business by focusing on your weaknesses, because no matter how much we focuses, focus on our weaknesses, the data again is compelling that you're not going to turn a weakness into strength, but it is your strengths that's going to drive you forward, that's going to give you a better life, make you more productive, make you happier, earn you more money, and be easier. So Just stop, be easier. Trying to be, stop trying to be good at the things you're bad at. Yeah, be good at the things you're good at. Hire out the rest. Delegate the rest. Hire out the rest. Figure out a way to get it done. Yeah. Oh, that's so incredible to think about that. And I feel like for me, when you told me that, it sort of took a weight off my shoulders. Like, wait, I actually don't have to develop a skill that feels really icky to me or feels like it's like you said, energy draining. And that to me was the key. It's like there are definitely things that I do where at the end of them, I want to take a nap. Yeah. So when you mentioned energy drain, there is an exercise I do in group format where I ask people to list the things that give them energy and the things that drain their energy. And then we compare that list with their talents. And almost always the energy givers are in their top talents. And this whole work around strength, a focus on strengths. I, I mentioned the simplicity of it. I love simple And a focus on strength proceeds from the simple notion that we are all better at some things than at others. And we'll all be happier and more productive if we spend more time doing the things that we're happy doing. I love that. How simple is that? It's like so easy. we, We make things so complicated in our lives. We really do. And this test, assessment, whatever you want to call it. It, Assessment. Assessment. It just makes life easier. That's To me, that's the goal of it. So how can we have our listeners take the test and then if they want to work with you to analyze it and go deeper, maybe just with themselves one-on-one or with a team, how do we introduce people to this? Yeah, so we're doing it now. We're introducing it through this podcast, but there are opportunities to work with me if people would like to. I do have a a bundle, a package of three coaching sessions that I'm going to give your listeners a deep discount to. So it includes taking the assessment, having me do the analysis, and then doing three coaching sessions. People can email me at HobbsLeadership at gmail.com or go to my website, hobsleadership.com. Awesome. And even if they just want to simply learn more, they can find the book Strengths Finder on Amazon. On Amazon. Yes. I think it's on sale for $15 this week. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. We'll put the link to that and we'll put the link to your email on the show notes. But I want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast, doing the assessment for me and my team. And I can't wait for you to do it with Greg and I, because that's going to be pretty awesome. It's going to be awesome. As you know, I love doing this work. It brings me so much joy and not just doing the work brings me joy. Seeing my clients be healthier, happier, have better lives just makes it all worthwhile. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Joan. Thanks for having me, Emily. Talk to you soon. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to boostyourboutique.com to learn more.